Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, coming up on CarCast, we're going to talk about uh, Corvette Z06 pricing. We're going to talk a little bit about Goldberg's Garage. Stuff is starting to show up. We're going to check in real quick with our friends over at Forklifts of St. Louis. It's more interesting than you think it's going to be. It's super fun. Before we get started, a word from our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules, to brakes, to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. Oh, man. Busy day, busy 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 day. day. You were up early on the ranch and not for animals and stuff this time. Thank God. Thank God somebody has listened to my to my bitching and moaning and they've answered my prayers and I finally have an eighteen thousand pounds of roofing material on site for Goldberg's garage. Uh, so it's begun. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Semi trucks yeah. rolling in at seven AM bringing just Tons and tons of gear, uh, you know, yeah, for that garage. AM, I had to go out and purchase my hard hat and yellow vest. So <laughs> this could be quite entertaining over the next couple months. Listen, not to uh, not to ruin it for those guys building the garage, but for what this thing's going to cost, maybe the hard hat and yellow vest could have been comped. <laughs> you would think so. But that's good. It's all good. I'm not going to bitch and moan because all that does is take time away from them working. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So what's your feeling on your uh, your micromanaging as this thing's going to come up? You're going to just sit there in a rocking chair on your porch and watch the whole time? Or are you going to get out there and get your hands dirty and see what they say? Oh, I'm getting out there and getting my hands <laughs> dirty. Are you kidding me? Um, that and I'll probably have four GoPros going at once. So I will not miss it. I, I, I'm fascinated to see the process. Like, I want to see this thing documented. So, uh uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting couple of months uh, for sure. You know, um, it's gonna be good though, man. I'm yeah, glad it's gonna be good. It, it's gonna it, be I fun. looked at the calendar. You know, uh, contrary to popular belief, out here in Texas, we're supposed to have a completely dry December. So, I mean, if that was the case, I mean, let's just be honest. That's 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 a prayer answer. So, yeah. Well, you, you don't have your running. you don't have your beanie on this morning, so it's not too cold out there. What's the weather like? No, man, it's supposed to be 80 today. <laughs> That's what I thought. I could never figure out Texas. It's yeah, weird. it's supposed to be 80 today and 39 tonight. Welcome to Texas. Well, I um, speaking of weather, I am heading out. Uh, Chris and I are going to catch a plane tomorrow morning. We're going to go to uh, Indianapolis. We're going to the PRI show. I know I plugged it a few times, so just uh, 
uh, bear with me for a second. But Friday, if you're going to PRI, Friday morning on the main stage, 10 a.m., we're going to be doing CarCast. We do have some information on some of our guests. We're going to talk to our friend Chris Kirstein, uh, president of, of SEMA. We're going to talk to Peyton Sellers, who is part of the uh, – Weekly NASCAR series. I think he's the champion over there. And and then we're going to talk to our friend Antron Brown, NHRA three-time champion. Antron Brown, I think he's uh, finally putting his own team together, um, separate from the – from I think it was Schumacher camp. Correct me if I'm wrong there. But he's got some exciting announcements for that. Always exciting to talk to Antron. He's so great and uh, energetic. So uh, – if you're there at PRI, please come out, see the show, 10 a.m., and then we are going to be there pretty much throughout the day running around on Friday. But, yeah. Give, so, Caps, give Caps a big hug for us, I, I think Caps is going to be there, but he's not scheduled for the show. But we're going to have Caps come in, um, I think, early next year uh, as we're kicking off the NHRA season. Uh, Caps is going to come in. And, actually, I want to talk to Alexis DeJoria because she's back racing and um, – She's been on the show a few times with Adam and I, and I want to kind of recap with her as well, see what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, excited about that. But, yeah, but your point. So I was, you know, I was uh, out with Tammy. We were walking around, and I was. she's like, oh, you got to go to Indy. Are you sure? And I was like, Siri, what's the weather in Indy? And Siri's like, it's 60 so, degrees. I was like, that sounds uh, great. Then I was like, what's the what's the weather on Indy on Friday? They're like, 48 and <laughs> raining. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's like well, so the law. The lawman is is not stuck, but the lawman is uh, uh, still in Wisconsin. Okay, there's, there's some snow on the ground, and there's I some snow on the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that time of year, man. It's that time of year, no doubt. Uh, yeah. So I, it's you're right. Weather's going to be happening. Listen, I, I I'm going to Arizona over the holidays. I was just talking to uh, another friend of mine. Uh, sweet guy, by the way, Cody Walker, Paul Walker's brother. Cody's been doing mm-hmm. this Fuel Fest events, and he did it in Arizona, drag racing out there, drifting, a massive car show, big stage. This thing is really growing, and uh, and it's brought in – I think he's done like four events now, and it's brought in $100,000 to Paul's charity uh, nice. That it supports as well, so that's going to continue to grow. They're trying to do more events. Um, you know, he got some of his, you know, his, his friends, his family out there. Uh, Tyrese Gibson was out there. Vin Diesel showed up. He came out and you know, emceed up on the stage and and hung out a bit. Oh, Craig Jackson was out there. I think Carolyn and Craig wow. were out there. So it was a massive event. I think he's going to be in town this weekend in L.A. for this uh, toy drive that's going on. I I don't think no, I'm going to. Get to the toy drive because we're flying back Saturday and it's on Saturday. But I'm going to try to just connect with uh, with Cody on on Sunday while he's in town. But hearing about his exciting things as well kind of brought up, you know, these big events, things like Lufka Cult and Fuel Fest, and how some of these big gatherings are turning into just massive events of of racing and drifting and and autocross and stuff. That's a really nice lead-in, man. (laughs) Keep your eye out for uh, streetcar takeover, guys. That's all I can say. Streetcar takeover, guys. I know you've got a lot in the works and and wanting to – Put forth an effort to to get behind these big get-togethers, these car shows, cars events bigger than than 
you know, just bigger than a cars and coffee, like a more of a destination event that people can travel and go to. But also we keep talking about ways that we can go out and bring some cars and say hi to everybody and maybe do some live podcasts and things like that. So I'm, I'm excited about seeing more of these events start to happen. Kills like 50 birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah. One. Plus number, I, and number two, I mean, it, it's what it's all it's what the culture is all about. And if you think about the end of combustible engines, I mean, no wonder everybody's going out and trying to, you know, end with a bang, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's on the that, – that's not first on the agenda, but you have to think that in the back of people's minds, it's like, okay, we got to get these events done as soon as we can, as many as possible before it's too late. Right? And, 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 yeah, and, and think about how they're going to evolve, what, what's going to be yeah. the future of, of these events. And, you know, but it's – as much as it is about the cars, it's about the get-togethers and the people we get to go see and say hi to and hang out with and, and yep. chat, you know, chat cars. It's like you and I have done this a million times, like regardless of where we are walking into a building or an event or a party or anything, and it's just a room of people you don't know, I can just talk cars with anybody in that room. It's just like the great mediator, it seems like, for me. No question. It is. Uh, so to be able to do that in a live environment and bring some of our cars and see other people's cars as well, I'm fascinated with that. Now, have you heard of that Iola car show? I have not, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, I got contacted by them the other day. It sounds like a great event. It's a three-day event, um, kind of a deal like Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? There's mm-hmm. only like 2,500 people in town, and then when this event goes on, you know, it multiplies towards the hundreds of thousands, so... I'm interested to get a little uh, info on the show, and hopefully that's one of the places where we'll be hanging this summer, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I did um, Syracuse Nationals in New York. We did our Shift and Steer podcast up there for a couple of years, and that's a great event. And you're right. Like, me going to Syracuse, and, I'm you know, we're driving to the event. I'm like, it's at, – at times it feels like it's a little bit of a ghost town. It's definitely not L.A. It's definitely spread out. No but, question. man, they – they have a huge uh, uh, venue out there. They were doing some autocross, uh, and it, it's tougher for me to get out to some of the East Coast events. But like the the uh, the big Mustang event at Myrtle Beach is a great one that I, I'd love to get out to. I haven't done out here. We have fabulous Fords Forever, yep. which I don't think they run any of the cars. Um, it used to be at Knott's Berry Farm. It was just a massive car show. This past year, I did get out there. And it was at Irwindale Speedway. So they did have a bunch of cars on the track, but I don't think they were running cars. But I think that's going to evolve into, uh, you know, something with like autocross or drifting and maybe run that drag strip if they do it at Irwindale. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's funny, too, because I look at the notes on this Iola car show. It's their 50th anniversary. Yeah. And I got contacted by Discover yesterday about contributing a little bit to Barrett Jackson's 50th anniversary this year. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't realize that. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that shows you how old I am. I, oh you know, I, Barrett Jackson's been gearing up with their with their promotion on the road to the 50th anniversary. So Scottsdale's going to be a big event, and uh, you know, looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So you know, a lot a lot going on for sure. Uh, of course, some some car news and stuff as well. Oh, he, man, I, we might have just. So <laughs> you got the super garage that you're building over there. And uh, over here, we've got a, the small warehouse, which uh, I love. We've got the Matt Cave. And uh, it really is a home for our beverage company, for Bravago, our hard seltzer company. 
And uh, despite all of the crazy sort of uh, supply chain issues, it's been a really good year. A lot of good feedback on that drink. Excited to have that launch on the website in January. But what we're figuring out now is we we are definitely going to need space as a warehouse to hold our product because the supply chain issues, like in a perfect world, you'd be like, hey, I'm going to make it someplace. You're, you make it. Uh, at a facility, and then ideally it goes from there and it goes directly out to distributors, right? And and there's no there's no staging warehouse. But it turns out we're going to need a staging warehouse. So I just had a one year lease on uh, on on my warehouse to figure out uh, how the company was going to go, how it was going to respond, and mm-hmm. um, you know the the few events that we've done. Um, and it's been just an overwhelmingly fantastic year for that, even though the product isn't out there. Everything behind the scenes, doing trade shows, tasting events, distributors, you know, uh, everything in that regard has been really, really good. So I just so happened that uh, like four doors down from me in my warehouse complex, um, another beverage company just moved out. And, right. uh, and I – they they were just moving their shit out the door. The place wasn't even listed yet. And I walked in. I was like, you guys moving? They're like, yeah. And I emailed the property manager. I was like, what's going on with this unit over here? I was like, maybe we should talk because uh, I think I want to get in there. It's um It's a little bit larger than what we need, but it may end up being a really cool – um, like video studio and photo studio for cars as well that we may make available some, to some of our friends. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we might be going from 2,200 square feet to about 6,100 square feet. Nice. And uh, there's kind of this little second level. It's like two feet in the air, and it's got a cement ramp that you can drive up, and it's got this cool, like, corner space. And we're just going to do the whole thing white, just the walls, the floor, everything white. So you can roll cars in, get a blank canvas, you know, obviously just kind of wipe away the, the tire tread marks and uh, and be able to shoot stuff and video stuff if you need to. Um, nice. uh, so kind of a, a thought there. So uh, then, yeah, then we're moving our first 20,000 cans of Bravago over to our warehouse in January. That's be coming in. Uh, uh, it's being made. Uh, any day now, so that's going to be exciting. It's going to be a big year, man. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a big year. Uh, so anyway, lots of stuff do going you on. And Barrett for the fiftieth anniversary. You know, we're trying, and I'll be. Um, I'll be frank with you that uh, Barrett is a big event, um, and uh, on a on a big piece of land, a big property there. And what we did find was all of these big venues, everything from Staples Center to the Coliseum to a Barrett Jackson. Uh, a little bit out of their control, the venue itself handles food and beverage. They're the concessionaire. So, you know, for example, WWE, when WWE goes to Staples Center for, you know, a SmackDown event, WWE has no say whatsoever over the food and drink. It doesn't matter who their sponsors are, what commercials they run. It's the building. And when you get in, that's it. And when you get into a big building like that, you're right. There's long term contracts, there's exclusivity deals, there's pay to play things going on. So, you know, um, as much as we'd love to be at Bear Jackson Scottsdale, that's their flagship event. Um, it's more likely we can be at some of the other events that they do throughout the country. Uh, And, uh, 
Uh, and, you know, our friends over at Barrett Jackson, Craig Jackson especially, really goes to bat for us. He loves what we're doing with the brand um, uh, and is keeping an eye on it for us and has been helpful getting us to Barrett Jackson Vegas. I just think Scottsdale might be a little bit – if it's there, honestly, it's going to show up at a couple like VIP rooms that aren't really open to the public. So it, it's fine, but I just want – I want people listening to this show. I want fans of this show, and I want uh, people that know us to be able to get it first and to be able to try it. And as you said, like going to these big car shows, these one-off things like Fabulous Fords Forever, maybe Fuel Fest, which I'm, we're working on, those would be really cool events to be able to get the product out there. Uh, so working on that kind of stuff, it'll be just give me a very vibrant uh, bravado costume, and I'll moonwalk across the stage. <laughs> moonwalk across <laughs> the stage. We'll get you dressed up. Now that totally I know the up. shit that they're making you do on the Goldberg uh, sitcom, I'm not. I'm not shy about going. Hey, dress like a chicken. <laughs> or, or exactly. Put I'm this on. Hey, what do we? What do we need? What is it for? That's a. Uh, uh, I'm at that stage in my career where all dresses just about anything. <laughs> it seems how how that seems to be going as a, a little more latitude. You think as you get older and things, you're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But Adam too, right? As things go on, we're like, hey, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. I've never done that before. I'll try that. But see, but see, most most of ninety percent of the general public thinks that that you reach a stage in your career and you go, oh man, my options are gone. I got to do something goofy. It's not the case. No, you don't have. It's to. not it. Well, no, William Shatner just went I, to space. So yeah, I just kind of want to do something. <laughs> yeah, going on the edge. Oh, it's, it's not that I need to. It's I really kind of want to. It's just to I don't know. Just to see the reaction. And it's fun, right? It's like fun to do silly stuff. It's fun. A lot of the Goldbergs. Yeah. Um, no okay, so I want to I want to touch on this. So apparently, um, someone from Chevrolet. Uh, uh, one of the product marketing managers over there was on a podcast recently, and they were asking him about the Z06, the new Z06. It looks fantastic. It's fast. It sounds great. And they're saying, well, what's the pricing going to come in at? And we heard rumors of a hundred grand. Um, and then he he kind of danced around it, but it was basically saying that or the. The Stingray to Z06 base price of the Stingray versus the Z06 base price, the the gap in between there would be about on par with what the previous Gen Corvette was. So the previous Gen Corvette started at a little bit lower, right? So the the Stingray now the C8's a little bit higher. So what does that what does that mean? Um, It'll and, be 120. That's what and, it means. No, surprisingly, he's saying that gap was smaller than what we thought before, something like 20%. So if you apply that now, uh, this could, the Z06 could come in base price, mind you, under 90 grand. It could be 89,995, somewhere around there. It could basically compared, be 90,000. Compared to the previous model, which was? The previous model was 78,000. So. Uh, Respectable. Yeah. Maybe we're talking 10, 12 grand over what it was before, knowing what you're getting. It's certainly worth it. There's probably going to be a handful of options, and a lot of people will want that track pack with the really aggressive stuff. And that'll probably add 18 to 20 grand on on top Mm. of it. But I mean, you're probably into a really nice Z06 for under 100 grand if you want, and probably under 120 if you want it outfitted with pretty much everything. Like, and you're, 
I mean, you're talking sub three seconds, zero to 60 times that sound, that flat plane. It's a lot of car sound. for, for the, the amount of money that lesser cars are being sold for now, to a- put it. Oh, listen, way. absolutely. Now, <laughs> let's not talk about the bullshit $30,000 markup dealers are probably going to be asking for. But yeah. that aside, that aside, if if GM and Chevrolet can get this thing base price of anywhere around 90,000 bucks. I say kudos, you guys. Holy shit. Great job. I think that would be yep. a fantastic, a fantastic number uh, for sure. Um, for all you small people who can fit in that car. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm going to, I think I can fit in it. Um, let me guys tell you about Trico. Let me guys, let me tell you guys about Trico. Over a century ago, Trico was the first to make wiper blades. They've been a step ahead of mother nature ever since. Trico en- engineers, they study your specific driving conditions to make sure you're ready for anything. Even if it rains, actual cats and dogs. I got a little tiny crack in the windshield of my Mach 1 already. It could be for something like this. Uh, whatever the weather, Trico. Trico wipers maintain maximum windshield contact, and no matter what your driving habits, you always find the right wiper blades for your vehicle. It's Trico. It's the future of wiper blades since 1917. So find a store near you, see the latest offers, visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. All right, guys. So up next, we're going to bring in our friends Eric Whittingham. I, you know, we took a trip to St. Louis, and I talked about... Uh, do we get a forklift? Do we get some sort of pallet jack? What do we do? And then I, I went out there, visited these guys, and it was fantastic. And, uh, and then came back and talked to to Bill. And now you've got 20,000 pounds. I need a of, forklift. <laughs> Bill oh, needs a forklift. Uh, but uh, uh, I want to get into that. So we're going to talk to these guys in one second. But, uh, Bill, your phone's blowing up in the middle of the show. We just getting... secured Kansas Motor Speedway for the official kickoff party uh, in the middle of April. And the uh, event will have to be named later. But Okay. So what we were talking about. Be there in the twin turbo hauling ass down the drag strip. Awesome. All right. So April is going to be a big event. You're going to have the twin turbo car out there. You better learn to drive that thing. <laughs> that thing is uh that thing's a beast um uh okay well something to look forward to in april we'll be sure to get more details on that we've got some time but um uh eric thanks guys thanks thanks for having uh thanks for being on the show with us we appreciate it uh tell us a little bit about what you guys do over there and it's going to get a little nerdy because not everybody's in the market for a forklift but uh i learned a lot in the process of like what to get and how to get new and used and different types of everything uh oh, yeah. so so give us yeah, a quick I, little overview of what you guys do what's, what's the business sure. no and thanks for having us on the show it's a real honor uh but and yeah well we we're our name says it kind of all we're forklifts of st louis we uh we're a forklift dealership. We work basically kind of mirror what a car dealership does. Um, we have new and used equipment. We do leasing. Um, we do rentals. We have our whole parts and service department. Um, and we really function like that. And we handle everything from the small little air pallet jacks that you see all over the place to 100,000 pound forklifts, you know, so and everything in between, kind of what you've got yourself, Matt, for your operation out there. Um, we fit every need. We touch all all uh, industries. So it's a, it's a very unique industry. Um, you know, the gentleman you met right here, Gary Hansen next has been in it for a few years, almost 50 years and seeing a lot of changes go and 
we're seeing now, even now, nowadays, we're seeing more of uh, automation come into play, driverless forklifts and all that kind of stuff too. So it, it, it is nerdy. Uh, we're probably the furthest thing away from nerds. And <laughs> when you get into our industry, the guys have, the guys and women have built this thing up, you know, uh, one of uh, our counterparts down in Atlanta said it best. We're basically C students putting things together for people really at the end of the day. So uh, we come from all walks of life. Um, a lot of us are come come heavy from the from athletic backfields, kind of like Mr. Goldberg right there and stuff. So it's uh it's uh you know like my father, big time football player, and like myself did a little bit of that. And my brother, so yeah, I mean it's you know everything is application driven for what uh, for what you want to do with a forklift. You know if you're you're simply working in the warehouse uh, and the tires and that type of truck from working out in the lumber yards to working hard and a lot of people have seen you know the the backup with uh container handling and all that the big 100,000 pounders that that handle those things and go you know five six high or and are helping move that stuff along so it's uh yeah like i said like we talked earlier we touch every uh every industry out there so it's very interesting so you know you know uh goldberg is uh just just getting delivery of of a bunch of his uh the the materials for his his super garage it's this amazing 20,000 or so square foot facility that we've been talking about for a while and a lot of it is kind of prefab so all the steel is coming the the, the roof just arrived bill can tell us about it but before you say anything bill I think you need a new spokesperson. As like, uh, as like, <laughs> Eric, roughly, what does it cost to rent a forklift for the day? I'm just curious before Bill says anything. What does it cost oh. to rent a forklift for the day? For the day, it's probably you know your hard line stuff, three fifty, four hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all yeah, right, Bill. Know, the floor is yours. For sure. The floor is I, I yours. Got, I got a monstrous building going up. I live on 200 acres. I need as much um, uh, <laughs> heavy machinery as humanly possible to help me move things around. So we need to talk. Absolutely. Good God. Sure. Yeah, uh, we could definitely help you out there. We could get you some some big old nasty stuff out there, and or even some of the nice little petite things and everything in between. Man, we, we, we need to talk for sure. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, oh after God. after what I think Bill just spent today renting a forklift, I think I think he's going to go outside and make a fuss, a pretty big fuss, right after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, buddy. I had to ask that the erectors are about to get. Yeah, yeah, I had to yeah, ask. Yeah, stuff, I can only imagine for the day for that that type of equipment. So, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. You live and learn, and now I'm I'm learning, and so like I said, we'll talk and. Uh, you know, your, your industry. So has your industry been affected by COVID or is it some positively or negatively affected by what's going on? Mostly positively to believe it or not. Um, you know, early on, you know, everybody figuring out what was, you know, what were, you know, you were, you know, how you were deemed, you know, essential or not. And we were early on deemed essential to the supply chain. And even though the, the supply chain has been greatly effective and it has affected us with getting equipment, it's, it's hard getting your hands on equipment right now. However, if you have it, you got basically gold at that time. Yeah. And since people can't get equipment, people are hanging on their, to their thing, their, their equipment longer, which helps us tremendously in the parts of service end of our business, which is probably our highest margins, to be honest with you. Um, so we saw a lot of growth really over these last couple of years, uh, which is which you know surprises a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, uh, my father had his two biggest years these past two years. So. Oh, wonderful. 
Yeah. So it's it. Yeah. Negative. The only negative is just the the, the just getting the equipment itself. I mean, we're seeing lead times uh, across the board, industry across the board is probably a year to two years to get a new piece of equipment wow. compared to what was it prior? Ninety days. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. So, what is it that I bought? <laughs> Tell everybody what is it that <laughs> what that, did I buy? Yeah, well, I was gonna I was gonna say too. One of the big things in the industry now, probably not for an outdoor application with pneumatic tires, maybe your new building. But what you actually bought for the warehouse is a small electric walk behind. Uh, the industry is really moving uh, heavily toward electric now. Everything we hear is mm-hmm. more and more and more electric. So you you got a small straddle truck. We happen to have that in the queue so you'll that truck will either be shipping out just before the holidays or just after okay uh, so we now mark mark warman had this thing on his show and i can't remember the name of it he he sent me the information on it but it's a it's a car mover it, he, you 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 sit you stand up on it and it's hydraulic and it lifts the car up and it it puts the car in your garage where you want it are you guys familiar with that type of machine? Uh, Tugger, basically. Yeah, we've, uh, along with our, you know, our hard line stuff is forklifts, but we also sell uh, different types of equipment out of some catalogs and stuff like that, some mm-hmm. niche type of things like that. But yeah, we, I've seen, I've, I've seen a, a model somewhat of what you're talking about there. So yeah, we, we, we get into those a bit. Awesome. So awesome. when I went out and visited these guys, we were talking about, Stuff that we're doing for Bravago, we're moving, you know, pallets of of product around, pallets of cans around, and I was like, "Look, we, I need a pallet jack, but a lot of our deliveries won't show up on the back of a truck with a lift gate, or if you do, you have to pay a lot more for that lift gate service." So I was like, "Is there a pallet jack?" that lifts like a forklift, but isn't as big as a forklift. I don't have to sit on it and ride it. I don't have to fire it up. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. We've got this, this like walkie kind of push along uh, a pallet jack, but it has two fixed arms that come out, which with wheels on it. And then it has the two lift arms. So now it can raise, I don't know what the maximum height is. It's like eight feet or something like that. And it allows us to stack pallets and pull them off, right? I don't know if it picks up a car because I think it has a limitation of about 22, maybe 2,500 pounds, but there's got to be versions of even things like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. And in fact, too, you got what you can also do with on a lift is put an attachment on the front of it and go from it and attack it from that angle as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, they put... I mean, I see they'll customize stuff. We uh, we work with an attachment company, and there, there's a couple out there, but there's one, namely Cascade Corporation, is uh, is the leader in that, and they already have their set of uh, of attachments uh, already, a catalog of that. And if there's something a forklift can do that that you're talking about, Bill, is uh, they'll come out there, we can spec it out and take a look at just putting an attachment on a lift, which sometimes gets to be a safer, obviously, but then also at the end of the day, cheaper in a row too, because then you got, you got your forklift and that, and that nice thing about that too, is you can set up a lift to where you can slap an attachment on when you're done using that, you take it off, you put it off in the corner, you're back to throwing forks back on there in your normal business at that point. 
You're a terrific salesman. Uh, where's, my dad? where's my dad? I should have my dad in here on that one. Book, line, and sinker. Huh? You know, and because, Bill, what we were talking is when I went out and visited these guys, I learned a bit about even just like the wheels that are on these things, the on the forklifts, the solid tires, the pneumatic tires, mm-hmm. and oh, even yeah. on, on the pallet jacks, the – you know, are you going over a rough surface like asphalt in a parking lot or are you on a smooth surface in a warehouse the whole time? You can get a a quieter wheel, if you will, or something. So in thinking about what you're talking about now is building your garage. So you have guys out there with the forklifts that I don't know if they're on just the cement or in the dirt or using something kind of multi-terrain, but you're talking about later when the garage is done for your yeah. own stuff, right? Like how do you move? 100%. You know, you're, you're, I don't know. You're building like a 2,200 square foot gym up in the air, up on a loft or a mezzanine or 2, something. 2,900 square foot gym. And uh, unless you plan on carrying all of those weights up there one at a time. No, uh, we've got, we've got monster cranes that are going to be uh, <laughs> doing that along with my air conditioners, putting them on the roof. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, be- so what we're talking about is, I don't know, I mean, you could talk to these guys even off the air about what the needs are during the construction process. But I think what we're really talking about is what something afterward. you may need afterward, yeah. right? A hundred percent. These guys let the contractors do their thing. They've got everything lined up. As far as afterwards, I have nothing lined up. So as far as making my life and guys like me uh, much easier after everything is on site, getting you know, pallets, pallets in, getting vehicles moved, that's when these guys are going to definitely come into play. Yeah, so it's kind of an, uh, an interesting thing. It's like I said, in talking with, uh, with these guys and talking with them at their facility and taking a little bit of a tour, which is massive, by the way. It was so interesting to see uh, all of the different options and the things to be looking for and, and serviceability and – uh, you know, leasing and buying and, and just mm-hmm. new and used and kind of working through that process. And it turns out like you do need to be able to talk to somebody who can, that's educated on it, right? That can act as, as, as sort of an advocate for what you need and then be able to find what you need because. Surely don't have your contractor do it because they'll add 20% on it. They'll add 20% that or more. Sure. Twenty percent or more, but you know we've got around the shop here. We've got a couple of forklifts, you know, some used things that uh, the guys have purchased over time. But now that I start to think about it, I was like, yeah, they got something that they thought was a good deal. But is this the right thing that they needed? And it might explain why we have more than one, right? We've got pallet jacks (laughs) and two forklifts, and and we're like, hey, can we move this or can we move this? And they're like, well, we need that machine for this and this machine for that and that machine for that. I'm like, that's where the attachments come in. Like you say, that's my point. It's like, why do we got three forklifts? We don't have that much space. I was trying to find the least amount of footprint, right? Because we didn't have a lot of warehouse space. It's valuable. When you're paying what we're paying out here, you don't own the place. You're paying what we're paying out here for square footage, you know, a price per square foot. I don't want the something the size of a of a of an F one fifty. Just drive one of your extra forklifts over here. I'll put it. Uh, yeah, put it over there. Uh, all right. So I guys I, I appreciate it. So forklifts of St. Louis, although they have multiple locations uh, around the Midwest, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Do yes. you have any, Do you have anything in Texas? <laughs> Just curious. No, but uh, but we can help you out in that area too. Hey man, we're coast to coast, border to border. Um, 
Well, we love that. It's uh, Forklifts of St. Louis, FLSTL.com. So Forklifts of St. Louis, FLSTL.com is the website. If you guys are interested in any of this stuff, uh, go to the website, check out what they're doing, um, and f- don't hesitate to give them a call and uh, and chat and get a little bit educated on what it is out there. Um, you might be surprised, even something in your garage that you realize you need to lift or move. Um, why bust your ass doing it when there's a machine out there or, or even if something? You don't have these. Oh, there you go. They go? <laughs> they're, they're gone now. Yeah. If you don't have muscles, then you got to have uh, equipment. But yeah, even if you used to have muscles. But. Thanks uh, a lot for being on the show, guys. It was an honor and a privilege to meet you, and uh, we'll get some information traded. And uh, I'd, I'd love to have you guys check out the facility and see what's up. Excellent, man. No, I appreciate you guys having us as well. It's a big fan of you, uh, Bill. So uh, thank you, sir. Uh, really appreciate it. So thanks for you guys' time. Anytime. You guys have a great one. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll see you. Thanks, Uh, Let me tell you guys about Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, it can be a lot of hard work, but you know it's easy. It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Uh, anyway, I, I was actually really interested when I went out and saw the facility and saw all the different things. And um, obviously, the forklifts are kind of big and they're expensive, and it's it's definitely more for business, not for anything you're you know someone would have at home. But I was surprised by some of the stuff that they do have that makes things a lot easier, just shuffling stuff around the garage and uh, and things like that. So we were able to find something that I didn't even know existed in this this goofy little machine, this walkie stacker. And like he said, though, it's electric. You plug it in, you charge it, but now it's quiet and it's clean. And when we load up a 2000 pound, uh, you know, a pallet of, of, of beverages, moving it around, especially on an angle, because we've got that little ramp in the warehouse we're moving into, we're going to use for storage as well. It has electric motors. It's powered, so you just you you walk with like a handle, like a like a, a vacuum cleaner, basically. You got yes. two handles, and it move, and then it'll lower it, and it it does cool shit. First time like, you have four hundred pounds on it, or two thousand pounds on it, and you go up that ramp. Please video it for me. I know. I'm you know. Uh, I I I actually want to talk <laughs> to these guys and go. Hey, do I? Do I stand behind it and go up the ramp, or do I no, stand no, in front of it and drag? Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it the way you think it should be done first, and I want it videoed from like one of those, you know, uh, surveillance cameras. Yeah, so right, right. When you fall off the side, yeah. That's when you well, I, I'm definitely uh, going to bring the 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 jack the the truck up and down the ramp without anything on it first. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want the first time to be thousands of dollars worth of product out there and falling over. But uh, anyway, they they got some cool stuff. Uh, a Bronco update. So a couple of Bronco updates. Ford has said that the hard tops that were defective, they they were okay, but they were saying under intense rain or high pressure washing or something, they would leak a little. They went back to I think the supplier is Wabasco. Um, if I got that right, and problem solved, roofs are coming in, 
and Ford has said that that whole field or warehouse full of Broncos that they built with no hardtops on them, the backlog has been cleared. The hardtops have been installed. Those are getting shipped out. They actually told us not to make it sound like it's good news because people have been waiting a year for their truck, but everyone's like, hardtops are going to deliver end of December, beginning of January, but now they're a little ahead of schedule, if you will. It's I don't know how you get ahead of a schedule when you've been delayed a year, but I, I whatever. All I'm going to say is I guarantee you the ADD bumpers yeah. for Gage's Bronco will show up months, well, at least a month before his Bronco shows up. And I ordered it a year and a half ago. Yeah. Well, um, I think uh, I think I think Edmonds is on like four hundred days, four hundred and fifty days, or something. When we talked to Alistair <laughs> about he ordered his, his Bronco. Uh, anyway, that being said, someone at Gage's school has one, just I, like I, just like the one we ordered. And I'm starting to see them around now. They're starting to pop up. I mean, it's not a ton of them, but I'm really like you know I. Twice a week. I'm not seeing it once a day, but I'm seeing it twice a week. I'm, I'm they're, yeah. they're on the roads out there. So uh, they're going um, – they're getting out there for sure. So also what's interesting is Bronco Nation, if you guys don't follow it, Bronco Nation has a YouTube channel. And on the YouTube channel, not sure where the video came from, but they got uh, a Bronco Raptor off-road in the dirt kind of just driving around and doing some donuts it's not like spy video or it's almost looks like it's 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 intentional like b-roll and it's still got some of the camouflage stuff what i mean is it looks like an agency created as b-roll and i go well why waste the money on the camouflage stickered version why not just do the nice version but uh no soundtrack, no music, anything. So you just get to hear it and you get to see it. And then at the end, there's a couple of kind of, you know, like side-by-side photos, if you will, stills of this Bronco Raptor next to the other Bronco, the base Bronco. And then you really get to start to see what's going on with fender flares and tire size and things like that. And it seems... It seems interesting. It seems like it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, don't tell Gage about it yet. Wait, <laughs> wait uh, a couple well, of years. Well, I mean, the fact is that we don't need the Raptor to make it fast or cooler. I mean, right. it's going to be the most customizable vehicle out there. So we can do aesthetically. Mario can do mechanically, and we'll have it done before that even hits the streets. But – it's his first vehicle, and that ain't happening. That's so, what I was thinking. You know. Is is uh, it's not quite there yet, but um, uh, you're going to see how what a good boy he's going to be <laughs> oh, yeah. with this with this car when this vehicle shows up. So the Bronco with the with you know the 330 horsepower engine, it's got the 2.7 liter uh, 330 horsepower engine in it, and we're wondering what could the Bronco Raptor have still going to be some sort of EcoBoost turbo engine. I mean, uh, I just doesn't make sense for it to be, you know, a V8. And certainly when you listen to this video, you're like, nah, it's not a V8. So, um, but that's fine. And, but if you look at the Ford lineup of EcoBoost engines, what could they put in there? So if it's 330 horsepower, I can't imagine it's going to have less than 350. I think it's going to be closer to that 400 range. And the Ford Explorer ST has a 3-liter 400-horsepower EcoBoost in it, 
which would be a great engine for the Bronco Raptor. You can you can step up to the 3.5 liter 450 horse that's in the Raptor, the F-150 Raptor, but I think they're trying to find a little bit of a gap. So, I, I mean, they could modify the 2.7 liter, but it just feels like this is going to get the 3 liter 400 horsepower version. And that's kind of in line with where it needs to be, right? Bronco Raptor, Bronco's 330 horse, Bronco Raptor 400, F-150 Raptor 450, and then future Raptor R in a year or so, whatever, 760. So I think I think that kind of makes you – gets you a nice catalog of, of off-road products. Uh, which you know in in the lineup, so I think that would be kind of interesting if they uh, if they get to that. Um, when they grow, they'll be a dodge. What did I say that? <laughs> um, all right, hold on one second. Let's just take a quick break and throw to our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. Why spend thirty to fifty percent, even a hundred percent more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to rockauto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, we're, we're back. I don't know what kind of noises you're making over there. <laughs> I'm stretching. Stretching, got up early. You're up. Yeah. You're up early because it's the, the the ranch. You got ranch stuff. I'm, a five, I'm up at five thirty every morning, getting ready to take Gage to school because he works out before school at school. So yeah, he's at, we leave at six fifteen every morning. All right, I like it. I don't. <laughs> well, don't call me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't <laughs> because that'll be four fifteen your time. I know. Maybe I will call. I mean, I like that we're doing the podcast early in the morning, but this is basically lunchtime for you. Um, a little oh, bit of yeah. racing. If you guys have seen uh, Nissan GTR races in the in Japan's Super GT series, they're in there with the uh, with the Acura NSX and Toyota Supra. And although we're not quite done with the <coughs> GTR yet. Um, we are done with the with the racing car version of it. So Nissan has started um, uh, developing the uh, the Nissan Z GT500. So it's the GT500 racing spec. It's going to compete with, uh, like we said, NSX and Toyota Supras. Uh, if you get a chance to see some of the images of this thing in race trim, it's it's pretty over the top. It's pretty badass. Uh, now it's not going to have anywhere near the engine that we get, you know, in street in street trim. Cause I think the engine specs for these cars are really, I think it's a small engine. I want to say they're running two liter turbocharged four cylinders, making about 650 horsepower with uh, either like sequential <laughs> transmissions or paddle shift, six speeds. Um, so, but 
as far as the marquee going out there racing Toyota Supra, Acura NSX, and now Nissan uh, mm-hmm. with the Z, uh, it's a it's a pretty cool looking car, and definitely is going to be influential to the aftermarket, right? Crazy body kits and wide bodies and wings mm-hmm. and things like that. So you can go, yeah, yeah, we're getting a little taste of of the Z GT five hundred spec car out there. So uh, anyway, it looks Speaking looks pretty of- cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of race car and new and cutting edge, you seen the uh, clips of the Porsche electric? I did. Yeah, I saw that car. What do you think about? It? So I saw it this- in person. I believe I saw that was the car we saw at the LA Auto Show. I went up for one of the press days, and I didn't get to spend too much time. It had some people around it. Somebody was filming or something. I didn't want to step in front of them. Uh, but, um, it looks, it looks pretty cool. Now I don't know the full specs on it, but I'm always curious to, to hear because also we know that Porsche said that they're, 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 they're pretty far along on developing their e-fuel, their synthetic liquid fuel, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to start testing that in their racing cars. Right. So they're getting it approved and going, hey, this is the equivalent of whatever, 100, 110 octane, and it burns cleaner. Can we use it instead of whatever racing fuel, VP or whatever is out there? And I think they got the go ahead to do that, which is kind of the point of these sports car racing series is a lot of R&D. And maybe they'll make it available to other uh other manufacturers racing against them, right? Yeah. But the <laughs> idea of this e-fuel is interesting to me. So the electric racing uh um down with, interesting. Uh Jaguar had their uh their um Formula E car there as well. <laughs> but I'm actually a, a little more interested in the e-fuel possibility just to see if it, if what they can come up with. Right now e-fuel even if we had it on the market, it would be wildly expensive. So it's nowhere near uh, you know, the cost of producing it and making it. And mm-hmm. um, it takes a lot of power to make. So it, it's only really made sort of on, you know, sort of middle of the of the globe, very close to uh, to the sun with massive amounts of solar power because they don't want to say, hey, we're going to make e-fuel, which is clean, but it, but we've got to, you know, destroy the planet to make it, right? By the way, Electric, we're looking at you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they're trying to use solar power to create this e-fuel. How, that's how I understand it. I didn't deep dive into this stuff, so we'll, we'll have another conversation on it. Um, don't uh, uh, blow me up on Instagram and, and Twitter. We're going like, oh, you don't know shit about e-fuel. I know I don't know shit about e-fuel. I'm just telling you that the headlines that are coming in saying it, it could be positive. Apparently, it could be more efficient than E85, right? We lose a lot of efficiency with E85. I don't know what it is. It's something like yeah. 40%, right? So. Yes. Your, you know, your 10-gallon tank is effectively six gallons at that point or, or whatever it is because of, of its inefficiency. Um, and E85, arguably— it's cheaper per the gallon, so— it, yeah. it is for you guys in Texas or in the Midwest, but there's like one gas station here in like Brentwood that has E85. And yeah, it's cheaper than what they're charging for regular gas, but regular gas is five fifty a gallon. So, oh, <laughs> you know, like the 91 octane, which by the way, isn't even that great. You know, we're starting to see like five fifty a, a gallon out here for that stuff. So, um, so the E85 is a little less expensive if you can find it. But the idea of e-fuel being efficient, 
I don't know if it's more or less efficient than our 91, 93, but I think it's supposed to be close and higher octane and clean burning. So now it's sort of like E85 meets, you know, VP racing fuel. Wow. Uh, so that's kind of the, the thought. And yeah, and it's a, you know, it's a man-made fuel. It's a synthetic fuel that we can make. So I'm all for EV. I mean, I, I like some of the cars that are coming out and innovation is going rampant. Um, mm. But for all of our existing cars that are on the road that we love and we want to keep and the infrastructure of, of gas stations all around, you know, all around the country, if not the planet, well, what if we can start to get e-fuel into those gas pumps so the millions and millions of cars that we have and still love not to mention any future hybrids and things like that can all run this and then you know it's cleaner less reliant on oil blah 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 all of that stuff so anyway that's why it's super interesting to me listen gail banks will do an hour with you and just talk about algae and how he can make fuel with algae and i was like okay great look i get it it's super smart um i i don't know how many people are doing it uh yet but there's constant um r&d happening at these uh at these oil companies but uh anyway the porsche not to kind of go on a tangent with it but um did you did you read up on it? Did you get some specs and some information? Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. do you what do you know about it? Uh, not much. I just was I was concerned, not concerned, but I was more um, curious about aesthetically. Yeah, because to me, when I first saw it, it didn't look anything like a Porsche. No, it doesn't. No, it's more like a prototype, right? Like LMP or something. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the class and everything, but it 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 had no lineage whatsoever to me. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm 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 looking at. I mean, you can't see it on your screen, but I'm I'm looking at the car here that they had on display, and yeah, I mean, it's got a little bit of sports car flair to it as far as the two seats and and whatnot. But you're right; it, it doesn't have a whole lot of you know conventional Porsche in it. It's it's leaning a little more toward they're Taycan, I think, than any anything sort of nine eleven related. Or, or I was even, excited to see it, you know, because because of the they're hooping and hollering about the performance of the GT three right now that they just came out with, right? Yeah. And so I thought this would be a continuation on or whatever the futuristic their futuristic uh, throw at it, but to me, I, it looked the furthest thing from a Porsche. Yeah. Awesome. It is cool looking. Anyway. I mean, to your point, it, is, it doesn't it look – you wouldn't it's see different. it and say Porsche, but you'd look at it and go, this is a pretty cool looking race car. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we're, uh, we're we're running out of time. we got things to do. You're going to head outside and talk about rental rates for forklifts. Have a nice little heart-to-heart with the crew out there. <laughs> Oh, Christ, you uh, had to do that to me. I was having such a good day. Well, maybe you'll go outside and be like, hey, in the last hour, they got a lot done. <laughs> you know, maybe that hourly rate. <laughs> yeah, no question. Right? Maybe that hourly rate no came question, down. Because they can do a lot with the roof. They can do a lot with the roofing material if the beams aren't here. Yeah, right. They can just hold it up exactly. and have you walk under it just to get the feeling of what it's going to be one day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can go in there. You can picnic under there for a few minutes. I need like 80 forklifts that, to hold the roofing material suspended so that I can get an idea of what the garage is. Yeah, that, to, keep, to hold it up there. Um, all right, guys. 
thank you so much. Of course, carcastshow.com is the website. You can see me at Motorator on social media, Goldberg95, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram as well. Follow along. I know he's going to be getting some content, producing some content, getting the time-lapse camera out there. Let's do that, right? That's the plan. Do yeah. You got to get a couple of backups. Like you said, you need like four time-lapse cameras because one might get eaten by wildlife. Uh, I'm not worried about unless I have a giraffe or want to come home with a giraffe. Yeah, hey, listen, don't, don't count that out. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. she literally posted about- photos of a giraffe the other day. Oh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, your neighbor has a giraffe. That was my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> There's literally a giraffe not far away. That's fine. The neighbor can satiate her desire to have a giraffe, <laughs> so we can live vicariously through that. Um. All right, guys. Thanks so much, uh, Chris. Let's uh, let's go to PRI. Oh, you got to work today, so. <laughs> and then we'll see you tomorrow morning at LAX. Bill, thanks so That's much. Uh, we'll see uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.